Well, good morning. It's great to be together. It's always awesome to be together as a family of God, and we're glad you're here this morning. By the way, if you're a sports fan, isn't October the greatest month of the whole calendar year? I can't keep up to it. It's just coming at me fast and furious. And Canada has been loving their Toronto Blue Jays. Baseball fever is pretty high these days. And, uh, and these guys have been great ambassadors to the world with respect to baseball. They make us nervous. And they have made us nervous two weeks in a row. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. On a sadder note, Ken Taylor died this week. He was 81 years of age and uh, widely appreciated uh, across this country and the United States. Ken Taylor, uh, as you know, was the Canadian ambassador to Iran during the 1979 takeover of the American Embassy. And uh, Ken Taylor was deeply appreciated because uh, at potentially great cost, he hid eight American embassy workers in the Canadian embassy in Tehran. Uh, he was uh, a good representative of our, of our country, and our southern neighbors really appreciated Ken Taylor, uh, and they have never forgotten the goodwill of this gentleman. A great ambassador. You've heard the expression, uh, something gets lost in the translation. And you know now that they can compute in, in, a, in a software package, you can put any language in and out will spurt another language. You put English in and you can get German out. You could put English in and you get French out. And you always wonder, uh, is it accurate? Is it, is it accurate? And a guy had a similar question and he, he did something fun. He took the, the old song, Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Remember that song? And he typed it in, and he translated it into German. And once it was in German, then he translated it back into English to see if anything got lost in the translation. You know the song, Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Uh, Take me out to the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jack. I don't care if I ever get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame for it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. Well, he translated it into German. And then when he got the German translation, he, got, he took it back into English. And something got lost in the translation. It sounds a little militant. Execute me to the ball play. Execute me with the masses. Buy me certain ground nuts and cracker stock fusic. I'm not interested if I never receive back. Let me root, root, root for the main team. If they do not win, it is dishonor. For there are one, two, three impacts on you at the old ball play. <laughs> Something got lost in the translation. Same is true about Jesus. Something got lost through the centuries. I don't mean the translation of the New Testament text. I'm just talking about the way that people perceive the major message 
that Jesus brought to us. Something got lost in the translation as we live out our days on this earth. And we begin to emphasize the temporary and we begin to de-emphasize the eternal. And we even put the song, Truth in a Song, that says this world is not my own, my home, we're just a passing through. It's hard not to cozy up and feel like this is permanent. We just need more padding here. In order to feel a significant amount of discontent and satisfaction in life, we hardly ever remain thrilled to the core with what we have. You notice that too. Um, we buy something and uh, it's new and it's shiny and it's wonderful and it's great. But it's never terribly satisfying for a long time. You feel that way too? It tells us something about who we are and how God has built us. We're not completely happy here on the planet because God never intended for us to get too cozy. We've got some spiritual DNA inside of us that was meant for something much better. Much, much better. Probably heard the story, of the, it's an old, old story now, of a retiring missionary who came back home to America on the same boat as the President of the United States, so this is years ago, and cheering crowds and a military band and a red carpet and banners and all the media welcomed the President of the United States as he stepped off this huge ship. But the missionary slipped off the same ship unnoticed. And feeling self-pity and resentment, the missionary began to complain to God. And then God reminded him, he said, but my son, you're not home yet. You're not home yet. So something gets lost in the translation of where home really is. Someone has written, you'll not be in heaven two seconds before you cry out, why did I place so much emphasis on things that were temporary? What was I thinking? Why did I waste so much time and energy on, and concern on things that weren't going to even last? Something gets lost in the translation of life. And it helps me to remember that this isn't my home. You're not home yet. But cozy is real tempting. In the meantime, we're here for a reason. And we've been saying that in these days. We were made to worship. We were made to live in community. We were created to be disciple makers. And we were made to serve. And can I remind you of the final one this morning? That we were made for a mission. We were made for a mission. We have a mission. And we all have the same mission. But we all go about it a little bit differently because of, of the way God has made us and created us and built into us different gifts and personality. We have an assignment in life and that assignment may simply be called our mission. Our mission. Our, min, our mission is within the body of Christ, the church, and it's also outside of the body of Christ. Our mission is to encourage and strengthen the body, but it's also connecting with our world. We have a mission, 
of introducing people to, to, to God through his son Jesus Christ. That's our mission. And we find various ways in which to do it. But we all share the common mission because that's, that's common to all of us. Jesus gave us the mission in John 20, 21. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. The mission is clearly expressed in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the passage that, that Arno just read for us. So let me this morning just remind us of three M's. Three M's. Number one, well, there's five M's. Six M's. Wow, I've got a lot of preaching to do. I'll just take three. Number one, we have a personal mandate. We have a personal mandate. Paul writes to the Corinthians about the powerful impact of Christ's life and death and resurrection. To know Christ makes such a difference in the way that we live out our, our, our days. He says in verse 20, so we are Christ's ambassadors. He actually uses that word. So we are Christ's ambassadors. Ambassador immediately makes you think uh, of our country. There is a Canadian embassy in many nations of the world. If you're a follower of Christ, if you claim the name of Christ, then you are what could be called an ambassador. What's an ambassador? Simply a representative. You represent Jesus Christ on this earth. And you have a personal mandate to represent the Savior. I know it's true, and, 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 uh, but when I think of how huge that statement is, it kind of overwhelms me just to think that I, you and I, represent Christ on this planet. We represent him. He's not here, so he has given us authority to be his representative. And through the power of his Holy Spirit within us, he makes us to be effective ambassadors. But it's humbling and it's overwhelming when you think of it that way. You are called to mission by being a representative of Jesus Christ. In uh, 2 Timothy 1.9 it says, For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. So God has called us. Uh, he's called us to, to speak for him. He's called us to suffer with him. He's called us to eternal life. He's called us to share in his glory. I mean, there are lots of callings upon our lives. But you're also called to be a representative. That's your calling. Have you thought of it that way? That's your calling in life is to be a representative of Jesus Christ. That's not your career, but it's your calling. I mean, you might work in your profession, your job, but that's your career. It may be, and I hope it is, that in your career, you can live out your calling. Because your calling is to represent Christ wherever you are. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you are a representative of him, you are an ambassador. So what are the qualities necessary to being a good ambassador? Well, one of the things is just being a good illustration of who you represent. Being an illustration of who you represent, and that's God. And that too overwhelms me. You know, your response, uh, you respond somewhat like, like God would respond as his representative. 
In other words, uh, people begin to know something of God by knowing us. They know of his character by looking at ours. They see the love and the joy and the peace and the patience and the gentleness, you know, all the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, but they're qualities of God. They're the qualities of the Spirit. And when people see these qualities in us, they see something of the very nature of God himself. And so the challenge with being an illustration of God is that, that you're always on. You're always on, 24-7, you're on. Like any ambassador to a foreign country, no matter if you're on duty or off duty, they say that's the Canadian living in South Africa. And, and he or she is the representative. But whether they're on duty or off duty, they're still the Canadian living in South Africa. She is the Christian living in the world. An ambassador, 24-7. Now, I don't, not a lot of people pick up the Bible every day and read it. Of course, we wish everybody would, but that's not true. And I know a lot of people pick up their Bible and read it, but in most homes across our community, actually there might be a bit of a search to find a Bible. So to the people around you, you're the only Bible that they're ever going to read. They look at your life, and they get an introduction to the Bible, to who God is, because they read you. They say, oh, you're a Christian. You're a follower. We illustrate somewhat through our personal lives something of who God is. And we either make God look bad or we make him look good. And we all get embarrassed when we watch on TV someone who makes God look bad. They say things that are off base. Or they're so dogmatic. Or they're so cranky. And you say, oh my, this does not represent well. They're not representing God very well. You know, there may be two reasons why people don't know the Lord. One of them is that they've never met a Christian... And the other is that they have. <laughs> a second quality of being a good representative is our hearts to love and care for people. The very nature of God is love. So when his representative love, it speaks so well of God. How do I love the people in my life? How do I love my friends, my neighbors and my family and my colleagues and, and the people who are not, not so easy to love? Well, sometimes we, we love when we just offer acceptance to people. And we don't always have to agree. But there is an acceptance that we offer. There is a respect. Because God values every person. 1 Peter 2.17, respect everyone and love your Christian brothers and sisters. In another translation, it says, treat everyone you meet with dignity. Well, tomorrow we go to the polls. What a privilege that we can uh, assess for ourselves uh, who to vote for, what decision we're going to make. And we have the freedom in our country. That's the beauty of this country, that we have the freedom in our country 
to make a decision according with what we think best. And in a congregation this size, uh, we won't all vote the same. We look at the issues differently. We look at the leaders differently. And even if someone thinks differently or votes differently, there is no room for disrespect. Treat everyone you meet with dignity. It, it doesn't say respect the government if you voted for them. The Bible says fear God and respect the king. Now another way to illustrate the heart of God is simply to find common ground with people. Uh, look for the common ground. Uh, I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9.22. I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. He said, you know, when I'm with the Jews, that I live like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. And when I was with the Gentiles, I connected with the Gentiles in order to bring them to Christ. And when I'm with those who are weak, I share their weaknesses for I want to be able to bring them to Christ. So he said, I try to find common ground. And that's what we're about as a church. We want to find common ground in our community. And I know this morning that in our community there's, there's great diversity. Politically, culturally, linguistically. We, but we want to find as much common ground as we can find. Why? So as many people as possible can come to know Christ so we can grow together. So we can learn together. So we can understand that we're common representatives of Christ and ambassadors on a mission. You know, sometimes when you try to build a bridge, you may get walked on. Because you've just become a little bit vulnerable. When you're trying to build bridges to the community, when you try to find common ground, the person or the group may decide, we don't want common ground. But you know why we have bridges? To walk on them. So if you're building a bridge to find common ground and you get walked on a little bit, don't worry about it probably doing the right thing. The main thing is to build a bridge that will give you the ability to walk into their world and to relate to them. And sometimes it goes well, and sometimes it does not. So the first M is personal mandate. We are all mandated to be representatives of Jesus Christ. The second man, uh, M stands for mission. And uh, I don't know if I speak for most guys here this morning, but shopping, I don't know, shopping isn't particularly glamorous for most of us guys. I mean, just, I mean, casual shopping. Wandering around, looking, standing on one foot, and then standing on the other foot, and waiting. But I put a lot more into shopping when I have something specific that I'm looking for. I'm on a mission. There might be a guy there, Lucas, that is just, he's, he's on a mission, I think, just to relax. Is, is he there? Yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy. He, he's not too excited about getting out there and uh, following his wife around. He'd just kind of like to, to relax. But when, when we have something to actually hunt for, uh, I think men are hunters. They... They like to see what they got to buy and then they go for it. And we just turn on the music, Mission Impossible, and we're gone. We're hunters. Probably not too wise in sharing that this morning. I can foresee that I'll be handed a list after the service to hunt down the things that you need to get. But we'll see about that. 
Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5 that we're on a mission. Verse 18, and God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. That's our mission. That's our mission. Verse 20, we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. That's our mission. We lose a little in, our tra in the translation when we forget our mission. Our mission is not to climb to the top of the ladder in life. But if we do, then our mission is at the top of the ladder. Our mission is not to accumulate and accumulate and accumulate, but if we do, our mission is to figure out how to handle our resources. We simply carry on the mission of Jesus. He started it and then he handed it over to us. He went away and said he would send us the Holy Spirit and the Spirit would enable us to carry out the mission. And God has pe put people around us that we're responsible for. They're our mission. We are the best suited to reach them. You have people in your life that probably only you can reach. And I've got some people in my life that probably God expects me to reach. You are the only Christian some people will ever know. And your mission is to somehow, somehow tell them about Jesus. One writer put it this way, telling others how they can have eternal life is the greatest thing you can do for them. I mean, if your neighbor had cancer or AIDS and you knew the cure, it would be criminal to withhold that life-saving information. Even worse, to keep secret the way to forgiveness and purpose and eternal life. We have a mission. If you're like me, you repeatedly hear the phrase over and over again, I just feel like something is missing in my life. And I heard it again this week. I just feel like something is missing in my life. And when the time is right and their hearts are open, you can say, that was true in my life too. There was a day when I felt there was something missing in my life. And then they will say, well, what, what did you find out what was missing? And then you can share the great, amazing, good news of Jesus Christ. What was missing was the peace that Jesus brings. What was missing was the forgiveness of God that, that Jesus brings. That was missing. And when he came into my life, he changed me and he gave me a sense of well-being and a, a peace that invaded my life and a sense of purpose. That's the good news. Only God does that. So that's a privilege to say that to people. And there's no formula to it. Just listen well. Share your experience because it's your experience uh, and it's your experience and let the good seed fall into the hearts of people that you share with. You have a mission and it's your mission in life that makes life purposeful and meaningful. William James said, the best use of life is to spend it for something that outlasts it. Isn't that good? The best use of your life is to spend it for something that outlasts it. We have a mission as a church. And our mission, again, is twofold. The first is to build up the local church, the church here at TCC. We need to look at our ministry. We need to ask God, where do we need to grow? What do you want to teach us, Lord? And we've prayed about that, and we've asked those questions, and we've come up with four areas that we need to grow in. 
One is the area of discipleship. We need to emphasize being disciple makers. We need to grow, secondly, in our outreach ministry. And we're just getting started in connecting with our community in, in terms of how to really connect with them and share the love of Christ with them. And then we need to grow in how to reach the community and specific ways to reach our community. And then we need to grow in developing resources and, and, uh, and ministry for the amazing international community that is among us. So that's an internal mission. And that's what we sense the Holy Spirit is saying to us. But we also have a second mission. We believe we have a mission to other communities. We believe we have a mission to other communities. We believe that God has strategically positioned us to start a new church plant somewhere across the Hende. And we believe we need to call a church planting pastor to this new role. And it won't be Pastor Norb, and it, it won't be myself, but it will be a pastor who has a heart to plant a church. And we will help to mentor that pastor for a while at TCC, and then we will release that person into their new ministry. But God has put something in our hearts that we can't be content to stay here, that we have to broaden our ministry. We need to have a strong church here, but we believe it will be healthy for us as well to birth a new church uh, and to see God do his work there as he raises up a new work in a nearby community. So the first M is the personal mandate. The second M is our mission. And the third M is our message. Uh, God has given us a message to share. And it's a great message. And here's how clear Paul is in expressing his thoughts about Christ. That anyone who belongs to Christ has begun, become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. Something happens when Christ comes into our lives. Something awesome. Something beautiful. God is in the extreme makeover business. He's in the business of transforming your life and mine. He sees possibilities in you that maybe you don't even see in yourself. He's able to do for you and for me what we cannot do for ourselves. You know, it's awesome to have a chance to start over, start again. Have you ever gotten halfway into a project and you felt like, I'd just love to start over again on that? Ever got halfway into painting a, a, a room and you just said, ah, I don't like it. I'd just like to start over again. Ever get halfway into a career and say, I wish I could just start over. Ever get halfway through life and say, I wish I could just start over. Well, God says you can. You can. I'll give you a brand new life. He offers us a new life. He offers us a new beginning where the old is gone and a new life has begun. And the Bible, the whole Bible, is primarily a book of good news. All the way from Genesis to the last page of the book of Revelation, it's a story of God's extreme makeover on your behalf. The story just tells the good news from 
cover to cover. And when we say yes to him, there is a transformation that takes place. And the more you walk with him, the more you see the transformation spreads to all parts of your life. So we have a personal mandate. We have a mission. And we have a message. Let's stand together as we pray. Our Father, it is such an honor to be your representatives here on this earth. We feel deeply inadequate. And you know how short we all come in being faithful to you. And we ask your forgiveness for that. We're thankful that through all the seasons of life, the ups and downs of life, that uh, you never abandon us, that you love us and you, ch you cheer for us and that you bless us. So we receive again this morning your commission to be on mission with you in our world. Remind us of where you want us to be. Remind us of who you want us to see. Remind us again today of our calling in our particular sphere of influence. And Lord, today, we just say with the songwriter, I will call upon your name. And I will keep my eyes above the waves. And my soul will rest in your embrace. I am yours, and you are mine. In Jesus' name, amen.